Welcome back, everybody, to the Culture Base Podcast. I'm Dustin. He's Blake. It is Tuesday, January 23rd in the year 2024, and we are so excited to be back with you to talk this week on episode 28 about passion for the work. It's going to be a good one. I can feel it. You feel it, Blake? Oh, I feel it. <laughs> oh, I really feel it. All right. Well, now that he's made things awkward, I want to remind you that we're here to help leaders know what they're about, show where they're going, and develop a scalable team to get them there. If you're listening to this on an audio podcast platform, thanks so much for listening. We would love for you to leave a five-star rating and review to help get this content even further. If you're watching on YouTube, hello there. Look at how pretty Blake is. I love them. Uh, we're so thankful that you're here. We'd love for you to uh, hit the like, thumbs up button, subscribe, ring the bell so you're notified every time uh, content gets dropped for you. We're releasing these podcasts every single Tuesday. Usually drop a clip on Wednesdays, uh, or sorry, clip on Thursdays, and we have shorts and reels and stuff that drop on Wednesdays. Speaking of reels, you can find us on Instagram. Uh, at the culture base b-a-s-e you can also find us with that handle on youtube linkedin facebook all the places like that we'd love to connect with you hop on over to our linkedin page connect with us there uh lastly uh you can find us also on the world wide webs does anyone still say that is that a thing you do you do (laughs) often i often say that you often say it You've heard me say worldwide. I think you should rewatch like almost all of these episodes. (laughs) Be like, real? Huh? Well, this is my last episode, so I I might be wrong, but I've heard you say it before. I didn't know saying worldwide webs was a normal part of my vocabulary, and I, if that is the case, to you, viewer, listener, I apologize. I just, I can already envision you going into like the podcast app and swiping, listening, and hearing every episode. World Wide Web's, nope, out of context, of course. <laughs> I feel, oh, man, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, I, there are worse things, Dustin. You there can find are us, worse things. You can find us online <laughs> at theculturebase.com. There's no need to type in. I feel like I'm waiting for, you know, those commercials where they're like people are turning into their parents. It's like some insurance commercial. Maybe it's progressive. I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they're showing people turning into their parents. I haven't seen one yet, but I'm waiting for someone to be like, you don't have to type in www. Yeah, it's coming. And and if you're a business and you have www. on your promo materials, can I just ask you, just from me to you, please stop. Stop (laughs) it. You tell you what, you stop that, I'll stop saying World Wide Webs. Let's make it (laughs) make it a deal apparently that's something i say so anyway the culturebase.com we'd love for you to go there click on the strategy free strategy session button let's chat it up together um i promise those conversations will be more fruitful than the beginning of this podcast but it's still gonna be a great one i believe that and as you heard earlier blake believes it as well as much as he believes that i say worldwide webs a lot mm. So let's get into this thing. Passion for the work. When hiring new team members or promoting from within, Blake, you know, we often talk about if they GWC it. I love a little, I love an acronym and so do business people. Mm-hmm. Do they GWC it? Do they get it? Do they mm-hmm. want it? And do they mm-hmm. have the capacity to do it? Which we're going to break that down a little bit more today. They can understand how to perform the role. They get it, right? Have the margin to do so. They have the capacity, right? 
but if they don't have the passion for it, if they don't really want it, you and them are both destined for failure. Like every everyone can thrive when the team is all fired up about the work so much so that they can hardly turn it off. But let's get back to our why and reconnect with our passion for the work. What do you say, Blake? I love passion for the work. It is when you find those people who have passion for the work, it is contagious. They, um, in fact, I think one of the saddest things to ever see it is someone who's got passion for the work, lose it. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. I think it's one of the most like, oh, we done did them wrong. You know, like, oh man, I just, I hate that that's the case. And, but there are really statistical reasons for finding these people who have passion for the work. In fact, companies with higher worker satisfaction outwork, out, yeah, outperform low satisfaction companies by 202%. That is redonkulous. Okay. That is stupid how much that passion aspect adds to it. Um, you've probably heard us talk about this before, um, but the ancient word for work was also worship. And it doesn't mean we worship our work, but it means that the work we do when we're doing that thing, we're so connected to doing, it just feels like worship. It feels like that thing that you're like, I'm doing it. I'm doing what I was connected and made to do. What you were born to do. Believe, yeah. And if you don't believe that, look at the other like 85 to 90% of people who don't have that feeling. And you tell me I'm wrong. You tell me because you're feeling the exact opposite. You feel like you're stuck. Like you can't get out of a losing situation that if you were to do so, you would destroy everything. You're getting that buyer's remorse. You feel that the demon I know is better than the demon of risking to go get that. And I'm telling you, it's not. Okay. It's not, it's not better. It's not better to stay in that because the connection, your life satisfaction is also connected to your work satisfaction. Okay. I, they are all of that. And people want to separate work and life and have this balance between them. They, they're just different parts of the same life we're living, okay? And so this is where when we can stand firm in this, like, I, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm connecting to it. Your, your life outside of that with your family, with your, your friends, with, with your significant other, they, they just it explodes. And then that pay, plays to your work life again. And so that's why I'm saying you most likely, if you don't feel like you're in that scenario, you know what I'm talking about. And, and actually those of you in the scenario know what I'm talking about too. Um, America, get this, America is one of the most productive companies out there. Okay. We're just one of the most productive companies. We're not even in the top 10 countries for people who enjoy and are passionate about their work though. Okay, so we're already incredibly productive, but chances are we're diminishing what we could have in productivity just by people enjoying and connecting to the right stuff, okay? So only 20%, and this is, I think this is actually even kind of like a liberal percentage here, mm. only 20% of workers in the U.S. report being passionate about their work, 20%. Yeah. We got a lots of people, a lots of them on the world wide webs. Okay. You got a lot of people in America, only 20% of them 
that's that's sad. Why do you think that is, Dustin? Well, as we were looking at the statistic before we started recording, my immediate thought of why that is, and and I'm not saying this is the answer; it's just my opinion. I think the I think the reason that the number is so low is because we as Americans have a different purpose for work than most of the world. I think that for the 80 percent, just to kind of go off these numbers here, I'm just going to just because most statistics are made up anyway. So I'm just going to make up one. I think that the other 80 percent, the 80 percent that aren't passionate about their work, it's because they're not there for the work. They're there for the money. Mm -hmm. And America has the materialism syndrome where the only reason we're going to work is because of the stuff that we want. It's the number one reason why you hear people say that they play when they play the lottery, they say, I can't wait to hit it so I can what quit my job mm -hmm. It's because they don't have any passion for it. If they had passion for it, they would be like, I can't wait to hit the lottery so that I can do more of what I love doing. I can do more of this work. I can expand this thing further. I can start my own company and do this thing. I can blow this thing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. That to me, I think is probably the top reason why that number is so low in America. What, what was your, I know we talked about maybe comparing if our answers are right. Yeah. Or, the first, or, or not right. The so, same. Yeah. There are two aspects I think of that add to this. One is that, uh, or, or, our order of happiness is out of whack, right? So like when you think of America, it it's go work hard so you become successful and then you'll be happy. And like that's the order we do that. And I think instead of finding a thing that makes us happy and just choosing to be happy, we work different and success is just going to be an outcome, right? Mm -hmm. So there's there's a big aspect of the success side and the other side is the pressure. And I, oh my gosh, I can hear every boomer and Xer roll their eyes audibly on this one. But when I think we push kids to figure out everything way too quick, I think we push them to know what they're going to do with their life, having yet never experienced any of it. We tell them, go invest heavily in something like college or some direction or path. I don't even care what it is. We push them so hard to that, and we have given them no experience in that. It is so backwards. We, we never – and because they get all that debt, they're like, oh, I can't even like change at this point because I'll be going into more debt. Is this ever going to pay off? We never we, – we don't push them correctly. We don't allow them experience, and that's one of my biggest – like frustrations with how we we treat kids going into the workplace is we don't give them that experiential uh, connection to what work looks like when we're in the thing instead we're like oh go do this because you'll make a lot of money and now we're already framing what success looks like right instead and, of and, you're, and that's where they're losing the passion you're saying yeah because they've never got to do a thing that they connect i mean i have so many cl people close to me um that are doing great, awesome things in businesses and, and organizations that hate it. They hate mm -hmm. it. And yeah. they continually come back to, I wish I could have gone and done this, which is more of a service-based thing instead of like a resource-based company. And so it's just interesting that 
figuring out who you are and figuring out what you want to do are so in parallel and so in line. And we've got to allow both of those to kind of happen. Um, so that's why like, not that I love people like the, what is it? The coming of age being a lot later, like it used to be like 18 and 19 for men and women respectively. Uh, but now it's like 30 and 31. There's an aspect to me that's like, okay, that's a little too long like to grow up. But on the other side, it's kind of like, but maybe they're connecting to something they actually enjoy. That's the hope. Yeah. And I think as we're talking about being passion, like having passion for the work and, 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 and making sure that we're, you know, we're always talking about the reason that we're talking about this is, is just to kind of take it back to our core for a second is that if you're not, if, if your team is not passionate about the work, it will affect your work culture, which will then affect your bottom line, which will then affect your ability to build scalable teams. So let me just kind of bring that back in for us. But one of the things I'll, I say often and to all my coaching consulting clients is that it is way, way, way easier to rein in a passionate team member mm. than it is to motivate a team member who doesn't really care, right? We all know it when we see that passionate team member that we kind of have to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. And we'll talk about that in a second. But the ones that we have to constantly go, come on, Fred, come on, let's do it. Come on, come on, come on. Here's the reason we're doing this, right? Don't forget why we're doing this, you know? And Fred's just there for the paycheck. He yep. could care less because yep. of what we talked about earlier. And so I think it's super important for you to understand uh, before we get too deep into this, that if you can fill your team with passionate people, you will have a better culture, which will allow you to build yeah. more scalable teams. Yeah. And I think also when we ask the question, like, what does it mean for someone to connect to the work? I think, I think a lot of us go to like the tactical and wonder if people are going to connect to that, right? Like there are certain aspects of work that people are like, oh, I never could do that. So therefore in my head, nobody else could ever do that either or want to do that. Um, like even electrical, I could be like, oh, nobody ever wants to do electrical. And we go to those mindsets so quickly. Um, but I think people really connect to the why and it's important they connect to the why more than just the what's, right? So instead of the what's of what they do, we're empowering people to do the thing they're uniquely great at doing. That's what I love doing. I love doing electrical because I'm empowering other people mm. to have the resource and the the benefit, the ground level foundation to go do what they're uniquely good at. I love that. That's idea. right. So That's right. being able to connect people to that, to plumbers, to people who take care of the trash. Do you know how horrible all of our lives would be if someone didn't take that trash off of our driveway? Do you know how horrible that would be? Like yeah. I we would see them differently if we had to deal with all that, you know? And right. I think that it's connecting to those kind of points that people are like, yeah, I connect to that. I connect to that idea. Right. And that's what good leaders do. Right. And that's what builds great team culture is you connect people to their purpose and then release them. Yeah. That's, what's going to build the scalable team. That's, what's going to build this great team culture that you're after. If you're just like, if you're constant, let me just, let me just tell this, I'll call it a fable because it may have happened it may not names have changed to protect the innocent can i just say if you're constantly 
temporarily moving someone to a different department or adding things to their plate until you're able to bring someone else in. If that's a regular thing for you, you are crushing your team culture. You're crushing it. They have no identity. They have no which way. They have no idea who they're supposed to be, and they're miserable because you've put them in a position where they're miserable. Now, listen, I'm not. There's. I, I'm not going to sit here and say like everyone should love a hundred percent of their job. There's always going to be a small percentage of your job that you're like, it's something I have to do, not something that I want to do, right? But that should be the uh, exception, not the rule. You should love more more of what you're doing than then you hate. Does that make sense? What I'm, what I'm trying to say. So just, just think for a second, am I the one that's always as a leader, am I the one that's always asking people because Blake is so great at a laundry list of things that I'm just going to add those things to him. Yes, he gets it. And he has the, probably has the capacity to do it because he's a great team member, but if he doesn't want that, Right. eventually it's just going to weigh down and weigh down. So if you're constantly putting things um, temporarily, quote unquote, on people's <laughs> shoulders until you're able to find the right solution, that's a sign of a bad culture and you need yeah. to fix that quick. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, we talked about the GWC. I do think it's important. Uh, I do want to spend a little bit of time of explaining yeah. these aspects because once it's important, um, and I think want it is the most important of GWC because it's the fuel <laughs> and like, it doesn't matter if they get it and have capacity, if they don't have the fuel, they're not going to go anywhere. And even with partial, get it and partial capacity, but all want it. I think you can go farther, right? I think it, yeah. the passion and the hard work is way more valuable than the talent. And so, mm -hmm. um, I think once it's the most important, but get it is like they understand their role, the culture, the systems, the pace, um, how everything works together. They get it. Okay. They see how these pieces work. The wanted, it's clearly that they have passion to do the work. They have passion to see it succeed and grow and excel. They, they're very passionate about wanting this position. Capacity is one that has a little bit more to do with talent, right? They they have the mental, physical, and emotional capacity to do the work. That's important. It is always, for me, a bummer when want it and capacity don't align. I, I always am like, oh, they want it so bad, but they hate math and this is a lot of math. <laughs> like, so understanding their want it at a deeper level becomes your job, right? Like, what is it they really want? Do they just really want to be a part of this culture because they enjoy this? Do they want it because of the impact it has? What What is it that they really want? And if you're just like, oh, they want it, but uh, they don't have the capacity to do this part, but I'll bring them in anyway, you're going to, you're going to actually do detriment to them. Okay. Yeah. You're going to do them wrong for sure. Because it will take them so much more work that their want it will diminish to a level that's unhealthy. And then they're going to be not want it, not capacity and barely get it right. Like, and then what do you do? Do you demote? Oh, that becomes so hard. Demotion is never, or even lateral, you're, you're, you're creating a lateral, it, it becomes horrible. Right. So I think capacity 
is the leader's responsibility to make sure they have don't define their want it as their passion like their only identifier here if they don't have an semblance of capacity to mentally physically emotionally um do this work don't do it yeah. don't do it and help them understand why because when you click at the thing you're good at johnny sue you're going to just knock it out of the park because your want it and your capacity are going to be up at this level and you, and watch out right it's going to be exciting but it, it is your job as the leader to make sure their capacity is at the right level over the ones it. and i know you want to just comment on that johnny sue part right there so bad i can see it in your face <laughs> i was just waiting for you to get done so i could say get after it johnny sue yep a man named Sue. Tell. isn't that a song a boy named sue yeah, named sue, yeah. I, I couldn't tell if you were saying johnny and sue so no. that you were trying to like level like both you know all all sexes here but if you were just if it was one person johnny sue that you were talking about mm -hmm. either way i'm here for it i love it i think it's important um to to give our listeners uh and viewers blake just a little um just a little small sample list mm -hmm. of what someone who is passionate about the work looks like so that they can identify it and cultivate it when they see it and i think in this list too it's worth mentioning that there's there can be some cons to someone who's super passionate about the work and i would love to talk about um how to um navigate that i don't want to say correct it because i don't we never want to squash someone's passion for the work because mm -hmm. then they're on the opposite side of that coin and you're having to constantly motivate 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 which can be exhausting for the leader and everyone laterally around them as well. So I would say, and I, as you were talking, Blake, about this, the get it, want it, have the capacity to do it, I was looking at it going, okay, I think a couple of these examples here fit within that. For example, I think a, a pro, a good sign of someone who is super passionate about the work is they have something to contribute to each, compart to each department. And the reason they do is because they get it. You were talking earlier about they get it in the sense that they understand how their role intersects with the whole machine, with the whole organization, right? And so if they really get it, they also have something to contribute to every department, right? It's the janitor that says, that tells the sales team the one thing that they're missing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the, it's the marketing department telling the uh, operations department, you're not seeing this over here. Let me... Let me enlighten this for you. It's when those, when that atmosphere begins to cultivate, you're really going to see more and more passionate people. I also mm -hmm. think that uh, if someone consistently arrives early to work and early to meetings, um, it's a sign that they actually really want it. So mm -hmm. you're going to see that passion play out there. That can't, there can be, a con to this um, when, we, when we talk about uh, work-life balance and, and burnout, which we're going to talk about here in just a second. But I also think another pro is uh, of, of having someone passionate about their work and what you can identify is they level others up. They level up, level up others because they have the capacity right? They're crushing their own thing and it's taking up 80% of their time. They're crushing what's been given to them and it's taking up 80% of their time. But with that additional 20%, they're leveling up everyone else. Mm. 
and they're and they're and they're encouraging them and they're and they become like a natural leader because they're so passionate about it. Yeah. Now I would say, do you have any more pros before we move on to the cons? One thing I'd say here is that um, signs of passion are uh, way easier to see in the extroverted, but as a leader, it's important to be able to see these across both introverted and extroverted. And that's why I think these signs of like, is this passion? Is this not passion? Um, look, look for going beyond the role, right? Like that's I, my introverted people who just go next level are not the people who are like, oh, I've got a thought on this. Let's do this. What if we did this? But they're the people who will send a very thoughtful email highlighting things that need to be changed. They will be the people who you asked for a certain design and they over-designed, uh, maybe not over-complexified like a design. I don't think that's a word even, but they um, went in and they were like, hey, I did this, but I also gave a different view because I think it's important to see this. They're thinking beyond and it's important to see that passion because if they didn't care, they wouldn't do that. Right. And so I think it's important as the leader to be able to, to identify between passion of an extrovert and an introvert. And I say that because we lose a lot of good, um, you know, good, passionate people because we don't see them and highlight it and respond well for them. OK, words of affirmation tend to be a lot of introverted people's uh, love language. How do I yeah. do that? How do I show that? Wow, that is awesome. Great job. And you don't need to go over and beyond. They don't want all that attention, but a good like, hey, way to go. How do you fuel that passion? Uh, mm -hmm. So I didn't mean to go too deep there. I just think it's important. No, that's great. I think I think what you're saying is true. It's like going to be a lot easier for you to identify passion in an extrovert than it will be for you to identify passion in an introvert. That doesn't mean that the introvert isn't as passionate. It just means a different personality style. I think it's a great point to remember and to consider as you're looking and identifying the passionate people on your team to be able to cultivate that. I would say some cons, though, uh, Blake, and I, as I list these off, I want to pause in between each one and get your opinion on kind of how we counteract the counteract these things i think a con of someone who's super passionate is that i've seen often in teams i've been this person at times on teams is that they can get ang angry over seemingly little things mm. how do we how do we combat that yeah so you're talking about like because the details matter to them kind of thing okay yeah yeah, just speaking from personal experience like yeah. you just get so ingrained you're so passionate that one little thing doesn't line up and it's just like God, if you know this could have been a, a 11 out of 10 yep. if marketing didn't screw that up yep. you know what i mean exactly i think on those it's it's about bringing like how to deal with this i think it's about bringing perspective in and helping mm -hmm. them see like hey we we are about progress not perfection right and we are that means there are going to be things that need to continue getting better but I would ask, and it's having these conversations. I would ask, what's uh, what's your reason why here? Like, what, why are you so frustrated? And you're pointing out like somebody is trying to destroy what you're working on. You're just passionate here, okay? And it's okay. It's yeah. exciting. I love that you're passionate, but I think you need to see that if if you respond in anger, you're going to create a, a cultural rift between you and the rest of the team, and there's not yeah. going to be something that's going to get developed better because you want it bad enough. Yep. Yeah. That's definitely, I think the best medicine to counteract that. I would also say 
uh, as well to remind you kind of started to say this at one point, but remind them of the opportunity in front of them to get better. Like people that are super passionate about the work are, are bored easily. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. So remind them that, Hey man, that's great. You found a problem that we have to solve. Let's go solve it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like give them that opportunity and, and just go, you know what, isn't it great that we had just kind of flipped the, you know, the anger a little bit. Isn't it great that we have an opportunity to go fix things? That's what I love to do. Isn't that what you love to do? Let's go do it. Yep. Um, Secondly, I would say some a con of someone who's super passionate about the work that you would have to kind of uh, rein in as you as you cultivate this environment is is you, sometimes you have to hold them back from moving too quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of times passionate people can yeah. be the think uh, or act first, think second. Yep. So, Blake, how do we how do we counteract that and navigate it in a in a healthy way? Last week we talked. To, I think it was last week. Might have been two weeks ago. We talked about ecological growth. And Mm -hmm. them needing to grow in time. And believe me, I, if I got to choose between me having to rein someone in or me having to drag someone from behind me all day, I'm going to, I would rather rein in. Okay. So I'd, I'd rather this one. However, I think it's really important that your answer is not always to give them what they're wanting Mm. because what they're wanting does not mean it's what's best for them. If I gave my kids everything they wanted, they would be overindulged in sugar all the time. And that is not what's best for them. And so it's because I understand what ecological growth looks like. They don't necessarily understand that. And I think instead of, I think you got to be careful here because one way you can um, flatten the tires of someone who's trying to go really quick is just telling them it's not your time. It's not your time. Not a good one. That's not good. That's not clear. That's too ambiguous. Um, What you got to say in those times, I think, is is bring up all the items that are a part of the thing they're trying to go past, right? Like if they've got uh, understanding of one through 20 and they're trying to go up to 21 through 40, bring up number 17 and ask them to explain it. Have them show you how to do it. How Ask them if it's the best it can be. Is number 17 the best it can be at this point? Well, actually, I didn't even know that was part of my role. Oh, okay, well, it is. And now we need to talk about it because number 17 is crucial to understanding number 43 later on. And obviously I'm just using real rough ideas here, but if you can help them understand that in that capacity, instead of just saying, it's not your time, you haven't put in your time, you haven't, no, that's not what experience is. It's making sure they're ecologically grown in the experience of one through 20 before they go 21 through 40. Yeah. So it's about perspective. It's about yeah. uh, allowing them understand not only where they are at in the process, but where we as a team are at in the process as well from, from them moving too quickly. And the delivery say, of how you say that too. It's really important because otherwise you will flatten their tires and that's not great. Yeah. I love that. Um, I would say uh, the third, and again, this is not an an exhaustive list. This is just a a handful of things that we're thinking about of like pros and cons versus people for people that are uh, super passionate about the work and kind of how we do, how we navigate that as, as leaders of our, of our organizations. Uh, The last one that I'll mention, Blake, is I think that a lot of times people that are super passionate about their work, they have a really hard time turning it off. Mm. So how do we counteract that? Yeah. Um, I was going to make that a generational thought, but honestly, I don't think it is. I think that we all, no matter where we are in our life, 
this idea of being able um, to turn something off or to or better instead of turning it off going and focusing on other things of importance and prioritizing where where my feet is where my feet are is where I am right yeah. so where my feet are is a hundred percent where I'm gonna be in this moment if you can become that kind of person the idea of turning it off isn't really the important part because wherever you're at is what you're taking care of and I think that's where we have to help grow no matter if they're older than you they're younger than you it doesn't really matter if you can help them understand hey right now you've you've kind of been this mindset of all work and that sounds great but honestly it might not be um you need to go experience life wherever your feet are and you're only here 40 50 hours a week and i need you being here um those 40 to 50 but your family needs you being here on these times. And it sounds like a great thing to be like, oh, they never turn it off. They're always a team player, but not, not always. Sometimes you need them to turn it off in order to reset and in order to re, uh, restore balance so that when they come on and turn it on, um, they're, they're a whole nother level. So I, I think that's, that's really a big part of helping them turn it off or not turn it off. Awesome. Like I said, I don't think this is a fully exhaustive list. It's just a list for us to kind of get the conversation started. And hopefully for you and your leadership team, it's a, it's a, it's a starting point for you as well. As you start to discuss what it looks like to cultivate a team who is super passionate about the work. Um, so glad that y'all are with us today. I want to remind you, you can find us on the internet. <laughs> theculturebase.com that's b-a-s-e.com theculturebase.com you can also find us on the socials oh <laughs> just throwing new ones in there see what, you, see what your face looks like at the culture base b-a-s-e as well we'd love for you to go uh to either one of those uh specifically on our website click on the strategy button get yourself a free 30-minute strategy session with us on anything that we're talking about in any of these episodes we'd love to come alongside of you and your leadership team to help you build scalable teams uh yeah so next time we're going to be back we're going to talk in episode 29 next week about bottlenecking your team mm. bottlenecking your team i cannot wait to talk about that i think it's something that a lot of us uh can easily fall and slide into uh, a habit of doing that. But uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Until then, adios, muchachos. Is that right? That is, what did I say there? That's I don't good. speak French. Is that good? That's cool. great. Right. We'll talk to you next time on the Culture Basic Podcast.